On this episode of Resi Week, is showrooming back, seven ways to avoid sticker shock, and Google Duplex is amazingly scary. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 119, Your Reality. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions, and by Harman International. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for avnation.tv, and today I'm pleased to be joined by the one and only Joe Whitaker. He is the president of The Thoughtful Home. How are you, sir? Doing well. I'm enjoying good weather. It's, it's awesome nice out here. It, it looks really nice out there. It's a little cold and rainy here, but as long as you're having a good day. I'm having an amazing day. <laughs> and last but not least, we are joined by Tim Albright. He is the CEO and founder of Aviation.tv. How are you, sir? Also a fabulous day here because Joe's like 30 minutes that way from me. So, yes. Ooh, you guys have good weather in the Midwest. Yeah. Give it, give it a minute. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't even Canada boy. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right, gentlemen, let's start this off with a two stories. One that comes to us from a residential systems and one that is on our website, avnation.tv. Uh, on the Resi Systems site, Lennar opens Amazon Experience Centers in eight cities. Uh, they are essentially experience centers for Amazon in uh, Lennar uh, model homes. You can go in and play with and experience how Alexa and Amazon products work within that uh, model home as a smart home experience on our site. Uh, Control 4 has opened 140 certified global experience centers. This is not a Control 4 owned uh experience center this is integrators or these are integrator showrooms that have been certified uh, and have a wide host of control for products available for you to demo and play with what i wanted to talk about with this was not necessarily dig into those stories specifically and 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 chat about them directly but kind of talk about the experience because for the longest time experience centers were kind of not not that big of a deal a lot of integrators were getting out of it it was something that you sent your showrooming clients off to Best Buy or Circuit City or places like that. That is starting to kind of come back. We're, we're seeing, as we mentioned today, uh, Amazon working with Lennar, who's one of the biggest home builders in the U.S., uh, Control 4, opening all these uh, custom things. You have, you know, Crestron and Lutron and uh, a bunch of other manufacturers that have uh, dedicated experience spaces where you can take your clients. Joe, I want to start with you on this one. When we start looking at kind of this resurgence of experience centers, is this one a, a, a requirement that's coming now that we're into a lot more real automation and, and, and customization that we, we always had in the past, but it wasn't something that everyone could afford? Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know, Lennar and Control 4, and then you throw the way Crestron now does it, all of those into the mix. 
you know, it goes back to something I said a couple of years ago that I believed, um, and, 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 you know, this would be much to the dismay of like Bjorn's down in San Antonio, Texas, sound room here in St. Louis. You know, a couple of years ago, I was already starting to see on the radar that the thought of retail is dead, um, at least within our space, because there's so much more out there. And at the end of the day, for us, it does come down to the experience. So, you know, you've seen the last couple of years this trend of, you know, showroom, demo room only, not so much retail, model, mm -hmm. um, you know, actually keying in on the experience. Um, so it's interesting in the way that Control 4 does it, and then the way, you know, Crestron owns it, Control 4 is kind of pushing dealers into them having no room themselves, um, whether it be a model home or otherwise, and then Lennar leading with showing that experience in a model home type venue. Mm -hmm. So it goes, it goes right back to what I said two years ago, retail is dead for us to really get into the all-inclusive, everything tied in together systems, whether they be DIY, IOT, or professionally installed, now it really is about the experience and to sell that, you have to show it. Maybe mm -hmm. builders and manufacturers are starting, finally starting to figure out what we've known for two decades. They should have just listened to us. Yeah, call Matt, he knows. Yeah, like we know what's yeah. going on. Tim, when we start to look at this, Obviously, there's a huge, you know, capital investment in opening a showroom or, or even maintaining a showroom in your warehouse, you know, a, a single room, it really doesn't matter. There's a huge expense. When you start dealing with your clients and, and, and talking to your clients and, and trying to get them a, an experience to sell them on, on something, what's the major difference between having it in your own venue and, you know, in a lot of cases with, you know, a Crestron dealer or a Lutron dealer or some of these other uh, manufacturers, you take them to their showroom and their experience center. How does that change the conversation when you start doing that? Or does it change the conversation? Well, it, it does change the conversation when you take it to the Crestron experience center uh, or the Harman experience center that the one was re recently opened up in London. Uh, I went to the one out in Los Angeles. Um, it's all about Harman. It's all about Crestron. It's all about Lutron. It's all about brand X, Y, and Z. Uh, the one thing about the Control 4 uh, certified showrooms is that, that, again, you mentioned it, the fact that, that Control 4 does not own those spaces, right? They worked with dealers to get them Control 4 certified. And these are folks who lead with Control 4. So it's already, you know, it, it, they're, they're still they're playing with nice you know, people who play nice with them. Mm -hmm. But Control 4 doesn't sell displays. Right. So if you want to see a display that may work well with with a control for control system, then well, you, you're going to see possibly seven different several different models, as opposed to going to the Harman Experience Center, uh, which let's not be coy. Harman is owned by Samsung. So the displays in that space are all Samsung. Now, the good nor bad, it just is what it is. I get it. it Samsung owns them. So they absolutely should have Samsung displays in there. Right. Uh, you get a little bit more variety. The other thing about you know having it within a, a manufacturer-specific um, uh, experience center is that you may get a skewed version of reality sometimes. Uh, it's, no, it's my nice way of saying marketing. marketing no, speech. marketing speak. Um, you're gonna, because you're going to get pitched. No, no, I didn't I say pitched. It. I expect I know, to get I pitched. Did. 
I, I said picking a pitch. What I'm saying is, <laughs> is that, you know, it, it's their space, right? So it's their space, so it's their reality. Um, not every manufacturer is, not all manufacturers are perfect, right? There's a, a lot of them that have issues with this product or that product. And they are less reticent to own up to that sometimes when it's in their own space. Now, if you're talking to your dealer, absolutely. They're going to say, you know what? I love this company, just not this one product. So let's not use that in this instance. Let's use, you know, a, a, a mm-hmm. alternative over here. That's why I like having a, a dealer uh, showroom. Uh, Joe mentioned the sound room in, in St. Louis. That was like one of my first ever uh, entrances into uh, the audiovisual space, you know, even as a kid growing up here over in St. Louis, that was like one of the places you could go to get, you know, again, this is 30 years ago, mm-hmm. a, a big three gun, you know, CRT uh, display or uh, you know, a laser disc back in the day. But it's, again, it's, it's a, a, a pretty agnostic space yeah. um, based on the, 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 the brands that they carry. And I'll add one last thing. Cause I know we have to move on is, I am glad about what Control 4 did with this. John Tiffany at Control 4, get a hold of me. Because uh, Crestron's uh, Experience Center, they are freaking amazing. They are awesome. Um, but that doesn't allow me to show off other brands that I have. I, my, the, the speaker brand I use isn't owned by the automation brands I use. The other thing is, is when you go into a Control 4 certified showroom that happens to be my showroom, my guys installed it. My guys programmed it. This is an example of what we do and how we do things. You go to a Crestron Experience Center, and I guarantee you, as involved as that programming in is and as magical as that environment is and all those bells and whistles, there's probably, I'm just going to guess that, 45 to 50% of all Crestron dealers in the U.S. can do something that elaborate. So it's not a real good example of what companies can provide. Clancy's done a lot of culling over there and really gotten things tight. So that number may be 90% of Crestron. But that's that's a good point, Joe. The Crestron experience centers, and and then Harmon is the exact same way. And if I'm wrong, if you're listening to this and you know something different, that's programmed by Crestron folks, right? Right. Those are Crestron programmers that work for Crestron. Harmon, AMX programmers that program that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that's the big thing is obviously when you're at your showroom, yes, you're demonstrating what you do. It, it's And we're not going to get into the, to, to it today, but it's the same as putting stock footage on your website. It's ah, yeah. not the same. Exactly. It, it's, it's great for a concept. What, what's wrong with stock footage? Uh, if you're putting stock footage of Joe's installs on my oh. website. I was going to say because we yeah. use stock footage stories totally different okay. totally different all right speaking of totally different it's all good bradford would have would have taken care of us if there was a problem let's move on to a story that comes to us from ce pro and one that i absolutely loved uh so big ups to eric Thies who wrote this sorry if i butchered your name seven ways to avoid client sticker shock We have all been there. You can tell me all day long that you haven't and you would be blatantly lying to my face. We have all been there where we submitted a quote, submitted a proposal and heard the audible and the clutching of the heart as they realized that this was not what they were expecting. Read through this. Eric goes over kind of the, the three traditional things that you see, which is the awkward long pause, the give me the best, uh, 
reactions and the the ghost where you just can't get a hold of them. And then gets into seven tips to avoid sticker shock. Uh, Tim, l- let's start with you on this one. This is not a uncommon thing, both in the residential and the commercial. It really doesn't matter. It crosses both boundaries. What is so different about our industry than really every other industry? If you decide you want a kitchen and you want to remodel your kitchen, you, most people usually know that that's going to, you know, at the very entry level, be 20 grand. But it could really easily and most often it's going to be 40 to 80, right? People know what it costs when they go looking for a car. And that's one of the examples that Eric uses. Why is our industry so blatantly different than every other thing? Because you can get a TV on, on, on Amazon for 400 bucks. That's why. Um, and I'm somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but that'd be honestly that, that nobody really has an, an idea uh, unless you know someone who's had it done before, which is the, the kitchen analogy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you know somebody. But even that's not always anywhere near accurate. No, it, you, it puts you in the ballpark, right? Like I, probably 10 years ago before I, you know, I ever owned a house, you know, 15 before I ever got, ever got married, I rented apartments my entire life, right? I didn't have a desire to, to, to own a house until we got married and had kids and all that jazz. So I had no clue. 20 years ago, if you asked me how much it took to remodel a kitchen, I don't know, I'd say, I don't know, two or $3,000. Who knows? Um, now that I am a homeowner and I have friends who own homes and have a couple of friends who have remodeled their, their kitchens, I have the experience through them of the cost and the, the, the uh, um, trials and tribulations of doing so. Same thing here. Unless you know somebody who's had a control system put in, unless you know somebody who's had you know, an, an entire whole house audio system put in, you're really not going to have a clue. And so what do you have to base that on? Well, what's, what's, a, what's a, a media room? Eh, it's a big TV and some speakers. Well, what's a TV cost? I don't know, three or 400 bucks on Amazon. Okay, a pair of speakers cost me about 50 bucks. And that's the starting point, right? And I don't know, we charge the guy 10, 15 bucks an hour to do it. Okay, maybe a thousand bucks for a good sized media room. Sure. That, and that's, that's the mentality I think going in is, is these people really don't have the, the cause the potential clients don't have a, a, a good uh, bellwether to, mm-hmm. to go with. And then when you come in and go, okay, what do you want? Well, I just, I want to show movies and I, I like big screens and, and Matt comes back with, okay, well, that's probably 30,000, $40,000. And there's your sticker shock, mm-hmm. right? Where the way around that is in, in to, to thesis point is some some part you know parts part some part education, uh, a little bit of part of, of getting uh, expectations, both managing their expectations and getting what they want out of it. And honestly, and as, as uncomfortable as it is for a lot of salespeople, is, is you talk about money pretty much from the get go as well. Joe, Eric covers you know seven great points that are listed here, and they're ones that we've all used. Yet a lot of times, even when we try to pre-qualify clients, we still get this gasp, this, oh my God, what are you doing to me? Who do you think I am situation? How do, <laughs> how do you get around that? You don't. No. Um, <laughs> and that's know, our show, ladies and gentlemen. Ask thanks Tim for watching. As, thanks for watching. Um, <laughs> as Tim was talking I was just toying with the idea in my head. I was like, you know what? I think I'm either going to do a 3% increase or 
3% discount if you give me your budget up ahead. Um, so I can reverse engineer based on how much you have budgeted for this. Make it 10% um, and you can come over tonight. Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, because, you know, you know, we all try to do our own pre-qualifiers, um, whether it is um, price per square foot of the house, um, regional area, trying to identify the person through social media and business, um, all the way down onto look at what kind of car they drive. We all try to pre-qualify because no one can give us the answers. The reason why no one can give us the answers is because unlike TVs that kind of there's a base level price, projectors, base level price, plumber, electrician, base level price, there is no industry standard for how much companies like us charge per hour, how much our markup is per manufacturer, and how it is all put together. You get four quotes, they're all different. They all charge different labor. They all say it's gonna take a different amount of hours to do. They all say some charge for design, some don't. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's really no way, even if we tried for a consumer or a buyer to have an expectation of this might cost X. So, you know, I, I, I now, for the past, I don't know how long, you know, I've went with the, do you have a budget in mind? Yes. Okay. Boom. We have one. No. Okay. Now on to pre-qualifying questions. You want a media room. Okay. Our gold series media room is 150 to $200,000. Our silver series is 25 to 60. Our base level that we usually do not drop below is 10 to 20. Which one of these levels are you most comfortable with? Now I have something to build on. Because, you know, you're just like he said, you're so shooting in the dark when you're talking to somebody and you can entirely alienate them by judging a book by its cover. You know, the guy may show up in an Armani suit with a Rolex watch on and $500 shoes, but he's broke. Or yeah, yeah. you could have the guy come in and, and wearing holy khaki shirt shorts, Velcro white shoes and a tank top and the guy's got 80 mil on the bank you have i mean there's i mean it's it's a really difficult thing for us because not only are we selling goods and services but we're selling lifestyles if you can't identify the lifestyle you can't sell a process behind it, it it's 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 really hard this guy's article really hit home for me yes some of the things i disagree with but we all disagree with some statements every region is different let me let me do a, a somewhat shameless plug, but this is actually going to be, be very valuable for people who are struggling with this. A couple of months ago on our show called The AV Profession, where we interview folks trying to work on the, the business of AV, mm -hmm. we interviewed a guy by the name of Marcus Sheridan. And Marcus Sheridan has, has since gone on to, uh, to do marketing and, and content creation for companies. But at the time of the recession, this is 07, 08, he was a part of a, 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 a pool company, right? They put in fiberglass in-ground pools. And one of the things that they did to pre-qualify folks was they created an ebook, a little a short little ebook, like 10, 15 pages. And at the time that they set appointments with people, they sent out this ebook and they said, you know what? We found that folks who, who read this and make the time to read this and, and answer some questions at the end, the uh, on-site experience is much better for both the client and for us when we, we, we maximize our time. Mm 
in that book, they outline exactly all the questions that normally are asked. How long does this generally take? How long is my background, is my backyard gonna be torn up, right? What is the average cost? What is the average cost to run it on a yearly basis? How soon can I swim in it? Things of that this nature. So what I'm suggesting is from a residential contractor, residential AV contractor point of view is create an ebook, create something that you can send to your client once you make that appointment an outline, right? If it's if it's a home theater, where you have one for home theater, if it's one for home, home house, whole house audio, you can create one for that. But here's the key. Before Marcus ever left his showroom, he called that person uh, the day before and said, okay, have you had time to, to look over the, the uh, ebook that we sent you? If they said no, he rescheduled the appointment until they had time to read it. And that's a hard thing to do when you're trying to make sales, right? It's a hard thing to tell people no, that I'm not going to come see you until you do this one thing. But here's the thing. One thing that they found from a, from a statistical standpoint is if they read the book and they still held the appointment, their close rate was somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 80%. If they did not, their close rate was around 20%. Now think about that for a second. You're still spending the gas money and the time to go out to that person's location. But if you can increase the, the close percent from 20% to 75% just make, by making sure that your potential client reads this one little simple ebook, wouldn't you do that? Well, I think there's a big key to ensuring that your clients actually take the process seriously. Yeah. Because I know I've been in the situation, I'm sure Joe's been in the situation where you get called out to look at something and they have no intention of buying anything. They want to pick your brain about something. Or they're price shopping. Yeah, or they're price shopping and trying to ensure that the integrator or the, the company that they want to work with is being accurate. Or, and, they, and, or they want to quote to re, re, uh, um, reverse engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Tim. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day and the arguably most chilling story of the day. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Google had a big event last week. Uh, this comes to us from CNET and Bridget Carey. Human or bot, Google duplex scares me. Not, not me personally, but uh, Bridget. It really scares Bridget. And she's probably not wrong. Uh, if you miss this, Google has a new device, or not device, a new AI called Duplex. It's a digital assistant that can take care of things for you. Specifically, it can make a phone call and act pretty much like you or, or Joe or, or Tim or any of us. Uh, it has the ability to speak in a normal sounding voice. There are imperfections, the oohs, the ahs, the quirks of you know regular speech opposed to traditional uh, robot voice recognition, speech, all that kind of jazz. Joe, I want to start with you on this one. This hits me in two ways. On one hand, it scares me to death for pretty much the, the reasons that she brought up in, in the whole you know, disinformation. We can make celebrities talk and, and say stuff that we've programmed and, and typed and we can make a video with that happen. We can, you know, see, like I do a lot of graphic design and I'm amazed at how good some of the fake uh, photos are that you can see uh, out, on, out on the web. 
now that it's something where we can't even trust our ears to tell if you're calling me or if your assistant's calling me or if duplex is calling me to tell me that you're going to call me later. Where does this become like, is this scarier than we make it out to be? Or is this the end of the world as we know it? Well, because that's if a bare naked ladies song and it's fun. Outbound one that it's I not do. bare naked ladies. Hold on, it's not bare naked ladies. Are you sure. Yes, it's the R-E-M. end of the world. Oh, it is REM. I'm sorry. Gosh. I'm sorry. Gosh. Uh, no, yeah. now I'm being Canadian. <laughs> I don't even know if you're old enough to know who REM is. He's not. That's the problem. No. no. I used to skateboard the Orange Crush. They're from the University of Georgia. Way before my time. Way yes. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. So back to duplex, Tim. It's not a big a deal. If if my outbound calls are all voiced by Morgan Freeman, I'm in. Um, (laughs) Because he would be like my guy from Batman. You know what I mean? Um, The Dark Knight, calling and making me uh, reservations. No, um. So you know, the future of this is kind of what bothers me. But you know, the scary part. She's right. A lot of people that are already talking about it are right. It is kind of scary. Um, but my concern is so far on the, the legal side for a business. Because, um, yes, I'm kind of scared of it. I'm, I'm scared of false calls going out and all that. But on the business side, you know, am I legally bound to uh, accept a reservation, accept a payment, accept a charge, accept a purchase, by something that's not a person, mm. uh, you know, can, can, can I like order like a, a bunch of water beds to my house and have Google have duplex do it. And then when they all show up, say, I didn't order that. You better check your voice recordings. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of it, it's iffy for me. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's really cool. I think it's kind of a step in the right direction for AI, but I also think it's, it's a, a step in the wrong direction for laziness. Because if I have to go on there and schedule Google to call and make me an appointment or reservation, don't I have the time to do it myself anyways? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of mind boggling that we're creating things to become more lazy, to do tasks that we're going to do to schedule the task. It's, you're not wrong. I, I'm just, I'm, it's so, cool so, for the sake of being, so hold on though. I'm still going to have to schedule Google to call, to schedule something. What, what if I tell Google though, to call every one of my appointments the day before from my calendar and ask them if they've read our pre-qualifying checkbook? And if they say no. Hey, we- this is Google from Omega Audio Video. We want to make sure that you've. <laughs> so in other words, receptionists should be worried. Because they're they're out of a job, they're they're done. Um, <laughs> that's what we pay people for. I, you know, that I just keep coming back to. I really like the idea. I like where it's going. If this can be implemented in real AI, AI not freaking scheduling and task. I mean, those are stuff that have to be manually done. You're right. I can knock out a hundred with one, um, but and then have unlimited immediate dials. I could probably do do all one hundred at the same time and I could get all responses back that would take me two days and 15 minutes. So, okay, so that's good, but I like the ramifications where this would be going 
for real usable AI, you know, mm -hmm. things that could really have valuable responses, um, not just time-saving stuff. Because, you know, I, it's, it's scary to me that I can be duped like that. So let me, let me read this real quickly, and this is from Wikipedia. Turing, uh, uh, Alan Turing uh, proposed that a human evaluator would judge natural language conversations between a human and a machine designed to generate human-like responses. The evaluator would be aware that one or two of the partners in conversation is a machine and all participants would be separated from one another. Now, that's the only reason why I can't say that this is a win at the Turing test. In the most basic form, the Turing test is... If you're talking to a machine, you can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And in listening to those recordings that Google made with those people, and I have no idea whether or not they got, they've got you know, permission for them to, to rebroadcast their voice, they could say, yeah. Tell. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have a, a, a young woman making a hair appointment, and I, su I suggest you go and listen to them. A young woman making a hair appointment could not tell she was talking into a computer. Could you imagine the prank calls you can do with this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is going to be so fun. This is going to be so fun. No, but you know, it, it, there are ramifications that, that are, that are, that are good. Um, I mean, could you imagine automating um, your tech tech support with this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there are some big useful things, but the scary thing I think is going to be on the legal side and the business side. I don't think, that duplex is going to take over the world. And I don't think that there's going to be a lot of malicious things to come out of this with the exception of, I really, I'm worried about the business side of it. You know, that, that food place that they called and making those reservations and to the point of, you know, how many million unwarranted Uber calls are going to be made. You know, I'm looking at the, there is a big potential for monetary loss, on a business owner side, which is the yep. fearful part to me. Yep. So, but I do want it in my house. Like, I want to use this. Like, <laughs> I want it. It's scary, but I want it. Yes, because I am the first person that believes that all of my privacy is already gone. I already gave it away on Twitter and Facebook, and and all of that. You know, my phone number is broadcast everywhere it's uh, my cell phone is on the internet you could find me anywhere so all my privacy is already gone i've willingly given it away because personally i don't care there's stuff like life locker go ahead and try to steal my identity i'll get all my money back tomorrow but you know there's so i don't care I, now my business of course but i i just want cool stuff like this Tim, you got any last words to add to that? No, I'm, I'm with To him. his, I don't care. It, it, I, it scares, it scares the bejesus out of me, but I think it's cool. So let's go. Do you want it to? Do I want it to what? No. Do you want it as well? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And on, on that note, we all want Google duplex. So there we go. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Joe, if people want to find you, cause it seems you're everywhere. Where can they do that? I, just like I was saying, you could Google me and find my cell phone number. Um, no, you can, you can always email me at Joe at the Thoughtful Home. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Thoughtful Home and at the Thoughtful Home. And, of course, you can always find me and Matt at Cedia. And if you're going to Cedia nope. Business Exchange later this week, I will be flying out there tomorrow. Um, Cedia Business Exchange in Phoenix. Come visit me. Say hi. And uh, I wish Matt could be there, but 
He's got yeah. things to do. Yeah. It's, I'm disappointed. I really wanted to go, but I could not make the schedule happen. Tim, thanks so much for joining us today. If people want to find you, where can they do that? Uh, on the Twitters, I, I suppose, at uh, TD Tim David Albright, um, but uh, at the website as well. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. For myself, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for joining us. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 